Deidre. She is introing with the, <laughs> the melody. Hey, Lauren. How are you? Um, I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. So, Friday, today is June 21st. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll do a little retrospective, if I may, for a moment. And on Friday was Juneteenth. And I, there was, with several events over the past few weeks, um, Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, in the middle of a pandemic, caused a heightened awareness or elevation of Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. And I am normally very optimistic, but I have some skepticism. Some of the challenges that I, I'm not sure if we if we're really moving. And I don't know what moving what moving is gonna be in progress is gonna be. I don't know. I don't know. And at the same time, I and I hope that I'm wrong. I am challenged because a lot of the conversations are around these videotapes and yes, and this is an outrage and yes, this is absolutely, we should be enraged by this. And we should also be enraged that in the middle of this pandemic that the people who are most impacted by who are dying at alarming rates at higher rates are black and brown people our healthcare system diagnosis hear stories of people that went to the doctors particularly black and brown people went to the doctor multiple times and were said, oh, it's nothing. You need to go home. And then they ended up, when they finally were admitted into the emergency department through the, I mean, admitted into the hospital, their complications were even more severe. You have schools that are, have gone to virtual learning and you have a huge access um, issue between more affluent communities and school systems, not very, and not affluent schools, particularly mostly black, black and brown schools. And even, even, um, even from an income gap between you're talking about some of the um, more 
rural, um, you know, communities that are predominantly white communities, but don't have the same income level. Um, housing, talking about even just the rates of, you know, um, the school I work at in um, doing a food drive. And last week we did a big food drive and I talked to one of the parents and she said, you know, everyone is opening back up, but I don't know who's, who's the opening up for. Because she said, I don't, I still don't, yes, I have to go back to work, but I work in a restaurant. People aren't going to eat. Um, this impacts my income because I work off of tips. I get paid off of tips. You know, I am skeptical and the discussion in my mind when I'm hearing a lot about, yes, defunding the police and, and police brutality, but that's just only one part of the story. That's only one sentence in the chapter of the story. Before everything happened with Ahmaud Aubrey, people were outraged, but it wasn't like people's response to it was like, oh, these are, you know, some racist guys in Georgia, but it wasn't the police. Now people are focusing on the police, but you're not focusing on everything that happens. You're only focusing on what the cameras caught. And I keep saying over and over my line when people say to me is I'm like, we're only paying attention to what the camera caught, but you still continue to ignore what the what what is really happening. And so I'm a little skeptical about it because then and I'll then I'll stop talking. So I'm like data dumping my brain. Um, before all of this happened, then we were getting uh, inundated with commercials and advertisements of come back after Corona. Now it's, we're all one, we're all, you know, and you have companies that like, they won't come out and say, you know, whatever, Black Lives Matter, whatever the case may be. So they paint billboards black and they'll say, we're all in this together. So it's like you're merging the message from, but just come out and say it. You know, like if we all just come from a place of honesty. The other thing is, is that like, I do not want to have a conversation with anyone. I'm sorry, I just don't want to have a conversation with anyone about how I feel, what do I need to do, how can you, you know, how can you help me? That is not my job. That is not my job. And my my friend and I were were talking um and he's a he's a, a white gentleman and I only say that for the context of this story is we were talking and he said to me he's done a lot of work for many many years um in you know in racial politics and um diversity dialogues and understanding and 
you know, so I don't mind having the conversations with him. Um, but he said that um, one of the authors um, from White Fragility, who wrote White Fragility, and forgive me, her name is slipping my mind right now. Um, but that she said that when people say, I didn't know, I didn't know, she was like, her response is, how could you not have known? It, to some extent, it's like, I, I really, I like, I've, I've moved on. And I don't want to say I moved on, but in the sense, I don't want to talk about white fragility and white rage. And I, I just don't, I'm just not interested in having that discussion because we've had this discussion even as far back as I remember when Rodney King, and I was like 12 years old when Rodney King happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm about to be 40. So I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm ready to start seeing some action. And I'm skeptical because I, I know, and I am not naive enough to think that we're gonna flip the switch and racism is gonna be solved. That's just not going to happen. That will, I don't even know what the needle, what pushing the needle is going to look like. And maybe that's not for me to know right now, just to kind of let it be. And so maybe that's where I'm like balancing of not really having the answers and being okay with not having the answers. But here's what I'm going to do for myself um, to prepare myself for the next piece. And that may sound selfish, but I don't know, this is where I am because I'm exhausted. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an exhausting narrative. I just think we're tired of carrying the burden for those who have decided um, because it doesn't affect them. It, it's not important. Um, like you, I, I, I have a, a lot of questions that I don't, know the answers to i have a lot of hope but then it's also like mm, i've read enough history to know that there are some big changes that happen but they're always tweaked enough to still benefit those who mm -hmm. have created the laws in this country um then the 13th amendment is one of those mm -hmm. you know instead of ending it, you've just evolved it. And I just, I see it as a cancer. And right now it's, it's oozing out for the world to see. Mm -hmm. um, so are we going to heal it? Because that's not going to be easy and that's going to take time. Or are we going to try to like clean off the, the top part of the pulse that's oozing out and then like bandage the rest? Mm -hmm. so it doesn't sting anymore you know um it's real time and i know like by the time most people are listening to this 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 moment would have passed i just hope that the intention of those who have decided to take up this this burden for themselves um whether you're a non-person of color or a person of color that is not African-American you're like well, that doesn't affect me I'm not African-American 
you know. Um, but I do know though that there are people, there are those individuals who are, you know, are immigrants in this country who have decided that this affects me too. So for those who have decided to take on that burden for themselves to say, okay, let me educate myself, let me educate my children, let me shift my thinking, I do think it is their priority to tear down the systems, the heritage that you talk about. I don't feel a huge burden to educate people. I feel like if you want to have a genuine conversation, I'm welcome to that. But if you want me to now then turn around and provide resources for you, I probably won't. Not in a mean or callous kind of way, but I, but there are tons of people who are out there creating, building, establishing, making resources readily available. And I feel like if you are an individual and you said, I want to learn more, and you carrying two two degrees and <laughs> you are like thriving in your in your profession you don't need me to find those resources for you are clearly self-motivated yeah yes go on google it there google it and tell now some of your local favorite favorite authors and you know instagram influencers you know, everyone who's, I'm sorry, I shouldn't sound just like whatever. No, it's um, okay. It's a raw conversation because it's a raw issue. Like I said, it's just, it is a raw issue. And I, and I know there are times where people are like, I just don't get it. And it's, you, you may not, you just, you, you won't. And yeah. to see what we've seen um and the constant reiterations of what we see in terms of slavery lynching um murder in front of our eyes and right. to, have to learn about it and then t now i have to teach you who didn't want to learn about it or who didn't see it necessary and then like you said it's juneteenth and all these people all these people i won't say it like that but a lot of people are like, oh, wow, I just learned today that that existed. So I don't know what the reckoning is like for that. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like, I would feel, I would probably be a little less skeptical if people were actually focusing on things that even now, I, I'm, I'm talking about right now. I'm talking, let's talk about right now, right now. Your child, you move to a neighborhood. You move to a neighborhood that was predominantly black and brown people. And you go into that neighborhood and you do not take the time to get to know your neighbors. Willie has been grown, had grew up in that neighborhood, born and raised. Willie stands up he sits on his front yard and he might drink a little or he may just sit out there and not bother he is not bothering anyone and you now have a problem with him 
because he walks past your house and you think that it's okay to call the police on him as opposed to getting off your goddamn chair and go having a conversation with him and getting to know your neighbor. So instead, you have a problem with it. Like you, or you move into a neighborhood and you're like, oh, I, I don't like all these teenagers, all these kids who, again, who grew up, grew up here, grew up in the neighborhood. And you, you know, go in and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I just don't feel comfortable. They were here before you were. They were here before you were. And if you're gonna be in the neighborhood, be in the neighborhood. You chose to live in the neighborhood. You have a problem with, I don't know, here in Atlanta. What was it, what is it, MJQ or MGQ or whatever? Or it was like this club, they had been there for years. People moved into the neighborhood and complained about the neighbor, about the, the club. That club has been there for years, for years, and people complained about it. You know, I'm just, I'm just skeptical about it. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it becomes like what happened to George Floyd, what happened to Breonna Taylor, what happened to Ahmaud Aubrey, what happened to Rayshard Brooks, it was murder. It was murder. This, this woman and these men and were murdered. They were murdered. But how many people are the murders that you don't see? That don't make the camera. That happen subtly every day. That happen every day, every day. And we don't, we're not doing anything about it. Yeah. Because it's not sexy enough. So on the day that I think um, George Floyd, and I, I, I want to say, like, I think the, I, I'm almost positive. I think it was the day that it happened, that George Floyd happened, um, like that morning of NPR did the story on um, on the incident of, of COVID-19 impacting communities of color. They were talking about job unemployment hitting communities of color. I mean, there was like, five or six things that happened just that morning. And oh, by the way, this man was murdered mm -hmm. on camera. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. So one of the things that I was, um, I was thinking about um, just kind of as we were coming around this kind of conversation, is this a conversation like, people of color need to continue having or is this is this something we can bow out and say okay you do the work we need i in my mind we need to bow out in the sense that honestly we are not reading white fragility and white rage let me so let me just tell people this the vast majority of us we're not reading this we read this about three four years ago mm -hmm. we moved we're moving on but i think you know, when you say that, because I think that's true, I think we've moved on to trying to figure out, like, the next level. It's like, okay, I'm not going to weep to you about this. 
And I think that's the thing is that right now you have people of color who understand, have this level of resistance built, not resistance, resilience built in to where it's like, all right, I still, I still believe I'm called to live. I'm called to thrive. You know what I mean? So, so we've become more, I think we've become more acceptance of ourselves. We love our, like we, we are loving ourselves more than the indoctrination that we kind of grew up in. Like when you think about our age, you and me, our generation, like there's an indoctrination of how you are to present yourself as an African-American woman or as a black woman or as a woman of color. And we both kind of traveled the corporate life. So we know about like how, you know, we know the two, we know how to code switch. <laughs> we know how to use the different voices. We know how to present. We know how to smile through our pain. We know, but I think now we've just come to a place and there's a generation that's come to a place where we're like, not gonna smile through the pain. I'm gonna tell you I'm in pain. I'm not gonna hide what's authentic to me. I'm not gonna hide my hair. I'm not going to, um, you know, downplay my education. Yes, I'm overeducated. I know it. Yes, I have more degrees than you. Yes, I have probably more experience than you. Yes, I can lead this team, but I'm not going to argue with what I know is true to me. So people have created their own things and they've created their own outlets and they've used art and they've used expression to move into ways to building up themselves, building up their community, building up um, the people they do life with without feeling the burden of now having to go back and say, now I need to come, I need, I, I've gone through all that and now I still need to educate you who have had the privilege of only enduring education, not truly enduring microaggression and racism and having these unreasonable expectations. Um, so yeah, I think we moved on in that sense where we're like, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna fight where I can fight. I'm gonna use my voice where I can use my voice, but I'm gonna live. I'm not gonna stop and come back here and be your um, your nurturer. Mm-hmm. This is hard for you to understand, to grasp or accept. I do think um, the other thing that was, that's been powerful about this moment is not just the United States, it's global. People have been like, I've just found it interesting that the, again, this is something that no one individual is experiencing. We're experiencing this together in real time and we're seeing it and you're seeing, I've seen, I've seen, like there are some amazing voices who I think have spoke for so long trying to be like, look, look, I'm telling you, look, I'm telling you, like there have been voices 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 constantly saying oh my gosh open your eyes directors and people who have platforms and it's a it amazes me sometimes when people are like oh I didn't know this was going on I think some people knew Mm -hmm. like I think about the Chelsea Handlers of the world who was like yeah I ain't stupid I see what's going on Mm -hmm. um I think about the people who have been very intentional with the kind of relationships they have so this doesn't this isn't like 
They're like, yeah, I've been in the fight. Yeah. You have a lot of new players in the fight, um, privately, publicly, have platforms, don't have platforms. And so this whole, there's a whole new lesson to be taught and that's to teach, to learn how to be not just not a racist, but to be anti-racist. And I think about, you know, the, the incident in the park that happened with the, the dog and the lady and the guy and she weaponized that moment having been checked by a person of color and saying, hey, put the leash on your dog. She didn't like that. So mm-hmm. she decided to weaponize her tears and say, I am scared mm-hmm. because this person is threatening my life. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah. And again, and- another thing you said being caught on video, like how many times does that happen where it's not caught on video? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, I just wish that people would start from a place of honesty with themselves Mm. to say, you know what? I have, maybe I have not been as open as aware of things. Instead of talking and going to protest and you really have no awareness, really no awareness of what the deeper issue is or what's really going on it's okay to say i really don't know but but here's what i do know and where and doing some self-examination for myself say this is where i am this is what i know to be fact even just starting with when you have people over your house who are the people do like it, do, do, do the people that you associate with look like, is it a diverse group? Because I know I think about it all the time. Meaning that like, and, and, and it's, it's funny because like, I'm just, you know, I guess because just as people of color, we just become hyper aware of things. So as an example, I was saying, same gentleman, I said, well, I'm planning this and I'm thinking like, I wanna make sure that I have one or two more white people that are there. And he was like, he said, and he said, and I appreciate Lauren that you might be saying that because you wanna make someone else comfortable. But how many times have you gone to a party and gone someplace and no one's really thought about you and you have shown up and you've been the only person? It was like, you know, I always see it as a privilege when I go someplace and I show up and I'm the only white person there. Yeah, he said, I do appreciate it. He said, and the reason why I appreciate it because they, because you're seeing me as your friend and you're seeing me as, as the person as opposed to like you are, are hyper aware of this, of your situation. And you want to make sure that I'm comfortable that there is another white person there for me. And he was like, how often do when when you show up to a space where you have been the only one that you are literally there one's like that's my black friend so you're not really a fixture in their life in their journey you're yeah just, you're you're the token yes it's, this is a hard conversation to have but it's what we are being faced with today and you know at the time of this, some of the, the news around it is dying down because it's not as sensational. So like the real work 
begins when you know the noise quiets down and i just i know i'm not the work like i know for friends around me i ho- i hope and pray they don't think i'm the work yeah like, i need to i need to love you extra because you're my black friend i don't that's that's not the work you know for me the work has continued to to flourish as much as i possibly can in the opportunities that god has put in front of me um and some of them i may have to make for my own the opportunities for myself i don't like i said the only burden i feel to educate is my children Mm -hmm. yeah you know my husband grew up in kenya so learning about all of this is he shocked no but are there conversations that need to be had about the the depth of history about the the how many times people have protested about how many times the people have said yeah yeah, yeah we we we're going to use you to fight for our country or we're going to use you for your vote we've had those conversations and i know he is very much aware of injustices coming from a third world country government still be as corrupt but no one ever questions their identity because they all black <laughs> But I think that's the only place I'm obligated to be any kind of resource. Mm-hmm. I don't know beyond that. You know, I've I've asked those who've asked me. I've like I'm like love me like your friend. If you don't see me as that, then don't do anything that's not authentic to you. Exactly. If you want to protest, let that be authentic to who you are. Let that be because you feel called to that. If you want to post on social media, let that be because you're called to that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I'm not looking for a trend style movement in my life. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't want to be your trend. I don't don't start inviting me to all your stuff because you're like, oh, this is my black friend, my friend. You know what I mean? Be devastated but be devastated by the systems in place that yeah. you accept and never question. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is yes. you would never want to be treated the way black people get treated. And you know yes. that. And if you know that you will never change places, then you know clearly there's something wrong. Yep. Love, love us as much as you love our culture. Do that, but love me like you love your friend, you know, who has cancer. Show up for me like you show up for her. Yes. That that's all I'm asking. I don't I don't want people to feel like they have to be on eggshells. Like I I see you for you. You see yeah. for me. If you don't bring and here's the other thing that I've been very conscious of. Like I'm not gonna bring the issue of race to you if that's not a conversation you can't handle because I I'm not because now I'm not going to try to manage your fragility and make you feel better because now you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. I don't think that that's my responsibility. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hear you when you say you have skepticism about things, but that's because we know how history has treated a race of people mm-hmm. um, in this context. Yeah. Um, I do know that for me in this time, I've tried to look towards those leaders who are actively involved, 
actively engaged, actively showing up, actively doing the research, and are open to having the conversations with people who are like, I'm sorry, I was not paying attention. And that's what gives me hope. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who are becoming awake to the moment. Yeah. Which I think is powerful. But I just, I know the work happens when nobody sees you posting, when nobody sees you. Like, that's the thing about college. You know, you go off to college, people don't see you till you graduate. They don't see you when you're like pulling all-nighters. They don't see you when you're struggling in your classes. They don't see you when you're trying to learn this stuff. They don't see you when you failed the first time. So, and I'm okay with like people being clumsy and people being clunky about the process, but be in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're clunky and clumsy on purpose and you're like, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Mistakes don't bother me. Saying the wrong thing doesn't bother me. You're willing to take the risk. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where we are now is how many people are willing to take the risk because the conversations don't necessarily need to happen with me. The conversation needs to happen with your dad, your mom, your aunt, your sister, your yeah. brother, your friends that you hang around. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah your coworkers, the person at HR. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's when people can say, you know, Lauren, I love you. I care about you. The best way that you can love and care about me, like you said, is to have a conversation with yourself and with your family, with your coworkers. Have a conversation with them. If you love me, you because you, you love me and you know me, and you know who I am, and you know my journey, then the best, the best way that you can show up. And I know a lot of people who have public platforms have tried and been like, ooh, that's not right. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not a part of yeah. cancel culture where I feel like, oh, no, I can't listen to that person. But yeah. I also have seen people who've blatantly been asked the question, do you believe? Do you believe that Black Lives Matter today, the day that we're recording this, is Father's Day? No one is saying all parents matter. They're saying Father's Day. Fathers mm-hmm. matter. So that's a that's a that's a heavy way to end to kind of us for it to end the season. You know, it's a lot to process, a lot of questions and answers, a lot of hope but a lot of caution going forward. So again, the question I put out on the table is how are you taking care of yourself? Honestly, a lot of this is to be quite frank is I just mind my own black ass business. (laughs) James Baldwin says, I just want to be left alone. Go be with my family read my books, go to the grocery store, exist in this world, and I want to be left alone. Just leave me alone. Let me breathe and be with my family and with my friends, and I just want to be left alone. I just want to mind my own black-ass business, and I don't want to bother anyone. I don't bother anyone. 
just don't bother me. Just let me do my thing. Let me exist in this and live in this world. For me, my care is again to live with not have to having to justify my existence. This is heavy, like this is heavy work. Mm-hmm. For who, this is heavy work for a person of color because there is not one moment that you are not reminded that you are other. Black people are walking miracles. We have learned how to survive and laugh and be free and create and enjoy and produce life and produce wealth in spite of. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to us as we process this moment in time. I hope that it was helpful for someone who listened (laughs) just to hear the processing. You know, this was not a clear cut um, episode, but we did want to close out our season recognizing that this is the moment of time that we're in. And with that, you know, we go back again to our entry. We are in a, in a space and time where it is a lot. And of all the things people go through in their personal lives, everything that's happening on a local level, national level and global level, and we're in a pandemic, pandemic that has no end in sight at the mm-hmm. time of this recording. If you enjoyed this, if you got something from this, we would love to hear about it. Reach out to us our, on social media. And if you felt like this was just some good processing that someone else needs to do, please share it, rate it, subscribe, go back and listen to the first season. Make sure you check out the soundtrack that we have for the podcast. It will encourage you more than these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably more than some of the conversations you have to be around right now because it is heavy but we hope you have found some joy in it and we thank you for listening we pray that you stay safe